A heavily armed gang stole toilet paper rolls in Hong Kong. And a husband seals his wife's genitals with superglue after suspecting that she was having affairs. And the first person to cross Antarctica alone and unaided says he pooped his pants halfway through and had to continue using the same underwear for 38 days. Disgusting. These are the stories for, what is it, Tuesday. This is Weird AF News. I'm your host, Jonesy. And this is the only daily weird news podcast hosted by a comedian, a traveling one at that right now. I'm in Asia, recording in Singapore, still alive. Thanks for listening to the weirdest stories from around the world on Weird AF News with your host, comedian Jonesy. An armed gang steals toilet paper rolls in Hong Kong. Yes, there's panic buying surrounding rolls of toilet paper. It's the hot new currency in places like Singapore and Hong Kong. And it's led to some crime. Armed robbers who stole hundreds of toilet paper rolls. They were being hunted by Hong Kong police in a city that is racked by shortages of toilet paper caused by the coronavirus and panic buying. I don't know if you guys saw some of the pictures I posted of uh, Singapore, which is where I currently am. I was in a supermarket and um, you couldn't buy toilet paper. You couldn't buy anything. There was The shelves were completely empty. It was panic buying. They become hot property in the densely packed business hub of Hong Kong as well, despite government assurances that supplies remain unaffected by the virus outbreak. love how the government has to assure everybody, no, don't worry, there's plenty of toilet paper. I know, uh, I know that shit is your number one concern, citizens. Don't you worry, we got it all covered. Alongside toilet paper rolls, there, there has been a run on staples such as rice and pasta, as well as hand sanitizer and other cleaning items. Yeah, also face masks, by the way. In fact, I was just walking through a Singapore mall today, and some of the stores, especially like pharmacies, would have a – many of them had a sign out front and it looked like they wrote by hand. We have no more hand, hand sanitizer underlined. We have no more face masks underlined. Police say that a truck driver – was held up early Monday by three men outside a supermarket a working in a working-class district with a history of triad organized crime gangs. This is Hong Kong. A delivery man was threatened by three knife-wielding men who took the toilet paper worth more than $130. That's what the police spokesperson has told the media. Footage from... Now TV showed the police investigators standing around multiple crates of toilet rolls outside a supermarket. One of the crates was only half stacked. Oh yes, it's a supermarket toilet paper heist. The hysteria that has swept through Hong Kong since the coronavirus outbreak exploded on mainland China is partly fueled by the city's tragic recent history of confronting a deadly disease. In 2003, 299 Hong Kongers died of SARS. Hong Kongers, is that correct? Is that what you, how you refer to them? You're from Hong Kong, you're referred to as a Hong Konger? If you play Donkey Kong, are you referred to as a Donkey Konger? I'm just wondering. So the SARS outbreak they, they're they uh, referring to, you guys remember this, right? How many of you remember that? Uh, some of you guys are young whippersnappers, you don't remember. This year's coronavirus outbreak also comes at a time when the city's pro-Beijing leadership boasts historic low approval ratings after refusing to bow to months of angry pro-democracy protests last year. Uh, authorities have been blaming false online rumors for the toilet paper panic buying. 
and they say that supplies of food and household goods remain stable. But the panic buying has itself created shortages in one of the world's most densely populated cities where supermarkets and pharmacies have limited floor space, limited storage space. Yes, that's, uh, that's like New York City, limited floor space. And so if you've got a panic buying, then these supermarkets get wiped out really quickly, um, which is what we're seeing. I, I, uh, I've never understood the run to the store and buy everything mentality. Uh, I'm from New England, and I would witness occasionally, usually in May, hurricane season, right? Is that May? Oh, hurricane, blah, 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 insert the name. They always pick weird names, by the way. It's names that you would never name your child. They're like, Hurricane Beatrice. You're like, wow, why don't you pick a cooler name than that, dummies? Who's in charge of these hurricane name uh, choosings? Choosings? I'm an idiot. Yeah. And anyways, you would run to the uh, people would run to the market with the threat of a hurricane, and they would buy like everything. I'm like, what? What do you think is going to happen, man? Um, so I never understood that myself. But if you're living in a densely populated city like Hong Kong or Singapore or New York or Chicago, I mean, uh, all it takes is one little story to go viral, and then bam! Next thing you know, oh my goodness, I can't get condoms. They're all out of lube. They're all out of lube. What am I supposed to do in quarantine? <laughs> I can't touch myself without some lube. Um, that was an awful song parody. Do you know the Do you know the song I was parodying? <laughs> well, anyways, let me take a moment to uh, let you know that uh, despite the panic in Singapore, I am safe and sound still, and. Uh, I'm looking forward to my big show Thursday night in Singapore. If you happen to be here, please reach out to me. I'll get you some tickets. We'll get you on the list. Let's do it. My email is funnyjones at gmail.com. I love you. A husband attempts to seal a woman's genitals with superglue after suspecting she was having affairs. In a shocking incident reported from Kenya, a man tried to seal up his wife's genitals with superglue after he suspected that she was indulging in affairs with no less than four men. The accused has been identified as 36-year-old Dennis Mumo. Dennis, is that a common name in Kenya? I would have never guessed Dennis. The accused, Dennis, has now been arrested and charged with domestic violence sections, assault, and damaging reproductive organs. Is that a specific law in Kenya? You have been charged with damaging reproductive organs. I did not damage reproductive organs. I was uh, I damaged uh, to the left of the reproductive organs. Dennis has confessed to the crime and said he wanted to save his marriage. Oh, did you really, buddy? This was your idea of uh, saving your marriage? Brilliant. Brilliant. I know what I'll do. She doesn't like me. She doesn't want to sleep with me. Hmm. I know what I'll do. I'll super glue her vagina. Shut. That's a great idea. She'll stay with me after that. <laughs> totally. <laughs> She'll still love me after I super glue her lips closed. <laughs> She'll still love me after I completely vandalize her labia. Yeah. Good thinking, Dennis. According to the report, Dennis informed police officials that he had discovered his wife's messages to unknown persons and she also sent her uh, she also sent explicit images to these men that was the that was the vagina pre-glue that she sent to these men i assume the man claimed that his wife used to arrange meetings with men whenever he le left for a business trip 
Dennis is accused of applying glue on his wife's private parts before leaving for a business trip to Rwanda. Does that work, by the way? You, you glue it, you glue her, and then you leave, and you come back. She's still glued. What are you, what are you doing, Dennis? You're legitimately insane. After Dennis applied the adhesive, the woman was left in severe pain, which required immediate medical attention. Yeah, no kidding. Super glue on her hoo-ha. That's never a good idea. The accused claimed that his wife was allegedly having an affair with four men. Meanwhile, the lawyer of the accused has asked the court to charge the woman for adultery, which entails hundred slashes. Oh my goodness. I hope they don't convict her of adultery and give her these sla- lashes. A hundred lashes? This seems a little excessive for adultery. What are you going to do to the guy who super glued her vagina together, people? What, do, what does he get? A ticket? I'll bet this must be one of those uh, male-dominant societies where women get lashes, (laughs) rocks thrown at them. So my guess is she's going to get the lashes and he'll just get a ticket, (laughs) right? And the four men will get uh, birthday cakes delivered to their home. I mean, this is ridiculous, These some of these cultures. I mean, it's outrageous, outrageous. And it's in places like this where men get the idea. You know what? I'm going to glue her vagina shut and no one's going to stop me because this is a male-dominated, ridiculous country. <laughs> I've heard others have done it, and I'm going to do it as well. Crazy. It's a crazy world. Oh, man. I'm so glad I live in the States. I mean, I'm not there now, but I'm so glad I live there. Although lately in the States, I've read some crazy stories about women who are just cutting off their husbands' penises for cheating. I haven't come across a story, though, where a woman super glued her husband's pee hole shut for cheating. That would be a new one. There's an idea for you, ladies. Get to work. <laughs> you don't have to cut the penis off. Just super glue the hole shut. <laughs> come on now. Don't be a total barbarian. <laughs> and by the way, this will save your marriage. <laughs> The first person to cross Antarctica alone says that he pooped his pants and had to walk wearing the same underwear for 38 days. This sounds like a hero to me. That's why I wanted to cover this story. It's to inspire all of you to do the impossible, even if you poop your pants. (laughs) After 15 days of pulling a nearly 400-pound sled across a treacherously windy Antarctica, Colin O'Brady was hungry. His willpower was depleted. Here's a quote from Colin in his new memoir. I woke up during the night feeling overwhelmed and ganged up on. My defenses were down. The impossible was here. Colin embarked on a daring mission, alone, unaided, trekking across the southern continent on skis. Ooh, Colin, you crazy man, you. You're like the you're like a superman. Let's get to the part where you poop your pants, sir. It was at the time a solo voyage that no one had ever completed without quitting, dying, or being helped along by a kite. Who a kite, huh? How does that help you along? Is that so if you uh, if the kite stops moving, somebody knows you've died and they can find your body? O'Brady's food rations were a critical part of his strategy for what he hoped would be a successful initial crossing of Antarctica. See that? I'm giving you guys sound effects. Imagine me telling you this story by a fire. Packed up with him were packed up with him. Who wrote this? Were special gooey, one thousand one hundred and eighty calorie quote Colin bars created specifically for him and his trek by his sponsor, Standard Process. He carefully por- portioned out how much of the bars he'd be allowed to eat each day. But that fateful night in his tent, 
Things did not go according to plan. Not in the tent. Oh, no, Colin, what happened? I was seized by a wave of hunger that made me ravenous and a bit out of control. Still half asleep, I grabbed the duffel bag with my food supplies. I ripped it open, and then I grabbed the chunks of those Colin bars, and I stuffed them all into my mouth. <laughs> Damn, Colin. <laughs> but those Colin bars were special. They were not designed to be eaten all at once at midnight. He probably ate more than 2,000 calories worth in one 3 a.m. gorge. Ugh, oh, no. The next day, Colin woke up feeling sick, knowing he'd have to ration what he ate that day to make up for the binge. His stomach started to gurgle even before he'd finished packing up his campsite, and he felt so uncomfortable that he pressed a hand to his belly several times as he packed his sled and prepared for another day of trekking across Antarctica. <laughs> Blasting winds and snow drifts in his face. Ooh, his belly gurgling. You know how it goes. After six hours of hiking in near minus 25 degrees Fahrenheit, that's 31.6 Celsius, O'Brady suddenly felt what he called a wave, one that would not stop. It says he had been fairly regular until that point on the trip, going to the bathroom every morning and then staying dressed head to toe in snow gear all day until he could stop to set up camp for the night and go to the bathroom in a sheltered vestibule. Ooh, he carried it with him, a sheltered vestibule? It must have been on his sled. But no kite. I don't know what the kite has to do with anything. But he's carrying a shitter, it sounds like. O'Brady decided that it would be best to wait until the evening to take off his jacket. But his body had other plans. Wow, I love how this story just all comes down to a guy crapping in Antarctica. Oh my goodness. Let's get to the point here. Okay, he had six hours more of trudging through the snow before he could stop. Blah, blah, blah. And properly evacuate his bowels and clean up inside his pants. Oh, I skipped the part where he pooped in his pants. Okay, imagine he pooped in his pants. Unbelievable. Uh, making matters worse, he'd only packed a single pair of underwear for the 54-day exhibition. Well, how do you only pack one uh, pair of underwear, you dummy? You have a vestibule on your sled, but only one pair of underwear? That makes no sense to me whatsoever. I can understand going without the kite, okay? No one's got time to fly a kite. There's no time for fun and games on your trek t through Antarctica. But have a second pair of underwear, you dummy. I brought 220 pounds of food, but one pair of underwear. <laughs> it was a calculated move designed to prioritize food rations and gear over comfort. I'll be filthy at the end, he thought to himself. Oh, you'll be filthy, all right, Colin O'Brady. <laughs> you'll be filthy in your own filth. How do you feel now that vestibule doesn't work all the time? The vestibule doesn't save you from spontaneous diarrhea in your one pair of underwear, you silly man. Uh, he should have consulted me before he marched across Antarctica. And by the way, there's no bringing of a kite. Bring a frisbee instead. Uh, it was all very humiliating, he wrote in his new book, which is a very raw account of what happened there. I don't know if, I don't know if I can even recommend this book to anybody. It sounds disgusting to me. It took him 38 days or more uh, to, to get to the other side. He ended with an ultra-marathon. 32-and-a-half-hour ultra-marathon finish to the edge of the Ross Ice Shelf. The first thing he did when he got to the edge was not find a fresh pair of pants. Instead, he celebrated the success with tears, a smile, and a call home to his wife to say, We did it. We did it, honey. And I wish I brought more underwear. Will you still love me when I come back home? 80 pounds less and covered in poop. My poop. Frozen poop. If you guys want to read this, I think the book is called Impossible First. Anyways, it's uh, Colin O'Brady. You can just Google Colin O'Brady Antarctica book and it'll come up. 
Um, I don't have an Amazon link or anything like that. Maybe I should do that. That way, if you guys bought the book, I could get like five cents, and uh, which isn't really worth anything in this world. Um, but I mean, I'm traveling to some countries that maybe five cents is actually worth something. So I don't know. Wow, this is a terrible rant. I should shut up. Yay! I want to get with you. Oh, and your sister. What's up, y'all? This is Jonesy, the host of Weird AF News. Thank you for listening. I hope that you have subscribed to the podcast. I assume that you have. Um, If you haven't, please do so. Like it. Rate it. Give it a little uh, review if you'd like to. If you're listening on smart speakers, man, you can listen anytime by just telling your smart speaker to play the Weird AF News podcast. You know what you should do? Here's a fun trick. When you're at your friend's house and they have a smart speaker, tell that smart speaker to play the Weird AF News podcast for them and see if they like it. That's a good way to spread it around. Spread it around the world. Um, love that. want to thank everybody that reached out to me, especially uh, Angry Florida Man, who I haven't heard from in a while. Um, he was extra angry at me. That's why he hasn't called, I guess. But uh, we get to hear from him again. And someone reached out to me through Instagram, Annie, uh, Annie Kim. She wrote, hey, Jonesy, my name's Annie. I've been following your show for the past year now, and I appreciate you coming out with new content every day. You definitely make my mornings. I'm a singer-songwriter. If you ever want to collaborate, I'm in Toronto. Also, if you could give my fiancé and I a shout-out on your show, we would die. His name is D- uh, Dehan. We just got engaged, and I think it would make him laugh. Dehan? Yes. I hope you're laughing. <laughs> Congratulations, Annie and Dehan, for getting engaged. I'm so I'm so pleased that... And uh, I don't think I've ever had such an announcement on Weird AF News or such a uh, a message. So pretty cool. She says, come to Toronto. Absolutely. Come to Toronto. I'd love to go to Toronto. I have a very close relative there, but I've never visited. And I know I can do some comedy there at the clubs. So, yes, we'll be coming to Toronto at some point. I uh, I seem to have the travel bug. So, yeah, why not go to Canada? I've got a lot of fans in Canada. A lot of weirdos are in Canada. Why not do it? You know what I'm saying? And by the way, they speak English. Yay. And Canadians are so damn nice. They're just, I mean, that's a great reputation you have as a Canadian. Just what nice people. Surely, surely. Good people. And they love to drink. Oh, Molson, baby. I'm down. I'm on it. Mm. Yeah, I used to go to Montreal um, as a young child. (laughs) Yes, when I was a young, fresh-faced boy, I used to go up to Toronto I mean, uh, Montreal. Used to go up to Montreal and get, as we say, we, as we say in Boston, shit-faced all over that town. I apologize to the people of Montreal for uh, throwing up on your streets all those years. Uh, what else? Oh yeah, follow me on Instagram where I've been posting some really cool stuff, uh, new video, all that stuff, pictures of me in Taipei. You know, it's at Funny Jones, by the way, at Funny Jones. You can drop me a message there as well. I get them and I read them and I respond. So that's pretty dope. On Twitter, at Funny Jones. On Facebook, it's Comedian Jonesy. And uh, the email is funnyjones at gmail.com. Phone number, 646-450-2012. Call it. I just posted a video on my Patreon, as a matter of fact. Patreon.com slash weirdafnews. You can join the Patreon, support me, uh, and check out some of the weird videos I got on there. And I'm about to release the bonus episode. But yeah, the videos are tremendous. Tremendous. Okay, uh, you know, I gotta go. But like, don't worry, I'll see you tomorrow. This here is a tale of two important people. One Juan Zamora, age 31, of Who Gives a Damn, Florida. And one Kaiser Pontoon, of beautiful Sarasota. Now you see, you got two different types of criminals here, Jonesy. 
All right, you got a 61-year-old man who just don't give a damn. He's just going to drink and do his cocaine. He's going to be an outstanding citizen. He's going to try to fix his car, and he's going to ask people, law offices, where the parts store is. All right? And then you got a man named, what the hell is this guy's name? Named Kaiser Pontoon, which I think is, I think it's Bull. I don't think that's his real name. But Kaiser Pontoon sounds to me like this young man is just trying to go for the Guinness Book of World Records, or at least the Florida Book of State Records, for trying to be arrested as many times as physically possible. Now, which man is more important? I don't know which man is more important, but I'd like to tell you, Jonesy, I haven't, haven't called in some time because I've just been pondering. I've been pondering my, my place in this world, man. Oh, I'm sorry about that, Jonesy. My, my phone cut out. I might have been going off on a tangent there anyway, and I lost my train of thought. All I got to say is that one's more. All right, man. You shouldn't be, you shouldn't be, you shouldn't be cuffing cocaine and hanging around with 15 year olds. God forbid it was. Who knows what that situation was? I hope your car got fixed, man. You know, I understand. My El Camino, I still ain't got rims right on that thing. All right, man. I, I understand. And as far as Kaiser Soze pontoon. I think this is just a myth and a legend. I don't believe. I believe that's more than one person. I'm starting to believe that there might be more than one person using that alias, Jonesy. Did you ever think that? Did you ever think that there's possibly more than one Kaiser pontoon? Maybe there's a Kaiser Chriscraft or Kaiser Rowboat. You know, some other type of boatman, Kaiser. Damn, this doesn't make any sense, Jonesy. You got me all twisted. I'm back in the game, Jonesy. I'm back.